Several years ago, my husband and I went on a cross-cultural trip to Egypt with fellow seminary classmates. It was a fascinating trip, from seeing the ruins of the citadel near where the great lighthouse of Alexandria was located, to the pyramids of Giza and the Egyptian Museum, the Red Sea and some of the ancient monasteries peppered around the Egyptian desert. Oh my gosh, it was, it was fantastic. And one of our seminary classmates had a wonderful sense of humor, and he loved making up stories to tell his version of the history of a place. Anytime we would say, really? He would answer with, prove me wrong. Then we would all giggle and continue on with our tours. Even today, every once in a while, Anthony and I will joke with each other about some tall tale and we'll end it with, prove me wrong. In our Easter season, we've transitioned from beautiful brokenness to trusting together. Trust implies instinctive, unquestioning belief in and reliance upon something. To trust is to believe. To trust is to have hope and assurance in something, to have confidence, to have a feeling of security. Trust is a cornerstone of relationships because without it, it is so difficult to believe what the other person says or does. Try having a healthy relationship without trust. It doesn't really work. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the, the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, or put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although their doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. Our focus text for this week is a somewhat familiar story of Jesus appearing to the disciples after his resurrection. So the disciples were hiding out in a house behind a locked door because they were afraid. They had heard the news of the resurrection, but you know what? It was a tale told by Mary Magdalene and they weren't sure whether or not to believe her. 
At any rate, they hadn't actually seen the Lord for themselves. However, at the same time, if Jesus' body were gone, then they were sure those who had Jesus crucified would be coming after them, accusing them of stealing his body. And then Jesus appeared, standing with them, despite the locked door. You know, Jesus is God after all. He greeted them with the phrase, Peace be with you. He showed them his hands and his side, as if to prove that, yes, it was he. Thomas was not with them when Jesus first appeared. When the other disciples told him that they had seen the Lord, he was skeptical. He said, prove it. Jesus appeared a week later, and this time Thomas was present. Jesus told him, see. See my hands. Touch my side. Just as Thomas had told the disciples that he wanted to do in order to have proof. But after Jesus offered this to Thomas, he simply said, My Lord and my God. Thomas is often referred to as Doubting Thomas. But honestly, it seems like Thomas is kind of a scapegoat for all of the doubting that the disciples did. They all needed to have it proved to them that Jesus had risen. They didn't believe Mary Magdalene when she told them. They needed Jesus to appear to them before they believed. Jesus showed them his hands and his side, just as Thomas had said that he needed to see before he would believe. And then Jesus asked Thomas, if Thomas believed because he had seen Jesus. And that question really could have been asked of the other disciples too. Did you only believe because you had seen? Jesus then said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. That last phrase speaks to all of us who have not had an experience of Jesus appearing to us in bodily form, yet we still believe in him. Belief without seeing requires us to trust in the promises that we've been given, that they are actually true. Now, I have met many people over the years who have a hard time trusting others. And you know, it can be a really lonely experience and really lonely existence, feeling like you have to keep everything to yourself, not knowing what or who to believe, not having faith in other people. When you believe the only person that you can trust is yourself, that's exhausting. Now, part of it can also be a control thing, and I think it is. For example, my version of clean and my kid's version of clean are two very different things. I don't trust them to clean things to my standards. But in the end, it just stresses me out because I end up cleaning whatever the thing is that I want cleaned myself, which really doesn't teach them anything except mom doesn't trust us. And if we procrastinate enough or clean shabbily enough, she'll just do it herself. Any other parents in the same boat? Trust is earned, but trust is also given. When we won't extend trust, we also don't allow others to step up. When we won't extend trust, we cling to control. And when we cling to control, 
we often stress ourselves out unnecessarily and have a difficult time having peace in our lives. Now I say all of this as a little bit of a control freak myself and as someone who doesn't always easily trust. And yeah, it's lonely and stressful. So I can totally empathize with Thomas wanting the proof that Jesus was indeed alive. And, you know, honestly, there might have been a little jealousy on Thomas's part too, which again, I can empathize with. Why did they get to see Jesus and I didn't? But I can also empathize with Mary Magdalene, who was probably super frustrated that the disciples were just brushing her off, not believing what she had to say, not trusting her. Just as exhausting as it is to not trust others, it is equally infuriating not to be trusted, especially when you're telling the truth. However, Mary's truth was no less real, even when she wasn't believed immediately. When I imagine this scene of Jesus appearing to the disciples both the first and second time, knowing that they were in disbelief, I don't picture Jesus attacking them with his words, speaking harshly to them. Actually, I imagine Jesus talking to them like you would talk to someone who has experienced trauma, calmly, giving reassurance, giving space. In a world where we hear and experience a lot of harshness, Jesus' greeting of peace be with you may have very well been the balm that they needed for their souls. And it may be the balm that we need for our souls. The good news of Christ is that even though the disciples did not believe right away and needed to have Jesus prove it to them that he had risen, he didn't condemn them. He was patient. He sent them peace and he still loved them. Jesus still loves all of us too, even when we are not trusting, even when we want control over everything, even when we don't always believe. May we hear and trust in this good news, that Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, and shout our alleluias to the world. Amen. During the next few days, I encourage you to go deeper into the message with these two reflection questions. The first, how hard is it for you to trust without seeing? And the second, what are ways that you trust in the promises of God?